Hey, 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 hey. We're back with another fun-filled episode. Some bad stuff happened at Astroworld in Houston, Texas. Eight people died, but if they were in the metaverse and died, they wouldn't have died. I mean, you got to okay. tell them up front. What, what? Bro, the build-up, bro. Build-up. You want to listen through the commercial know how those eight into the episode. Died. A lot of fun stuff. A lot of internet stuff. A lot of good ideas at the end. You're going to want to listen to the whole podcast to get free ideas to make you billions of money. Yes, and at the end of the episode, we give out the secret to eternal peace and happiness. Spoiler alert, it's Jesus Christ. RickandBond.com, Rick and Bond on Instagram and Discord. Enjoy the episode to its fullest extent. Okay, we'll Goodbye. catch you in the episode. <laughs> yes. I did play some sound effects that were not very easily heard, but it was the My Leg sound effect from Spongebob that's a, a recurring meme. Are you aware of it? Yes. There's Class. a fish that gets hurt and he says, my leg. You got to play Nickelodeon 300 grand every time you use that sound. I wonder if the voice actor is famous. That's a, that's a pretty good resume. I mean, like, if you're just like middle of the ground voice actor and you're like, I need an edge. Like, I'm going to get this these two rolls every like quarter. But if you got on your resume, I'm the my leg guy on SpongeBob. It's like, hey, what's good? I bet you that's just Tom Kinney's voice. I don't know who that is. SpongeBob Tom guy? Kinney's the voice of SpongeBob. And he probably is the most popular voice actor in the world for cartoons he's on everything he does a lot of villains every child in america has heard this man's voice his man <laughs> even currently spongebob yeah spongebob he's um i've heard him on rick and morty i've heard him on pretty much every cartoon i think i've heard he does a shit ton of uh cartoon network stuff i don't know if there's a lot of parody in voice acting world I feel like a lot of the same people get the, the top gigs. I was thinking about that. Like, There's a documentary, I think, not too long ago about voice act- acting. Like if the guys from The Simpsons die, <laughs> you know, there's there's lots of people that I'm sure can do a great Homer Simpson or Bart Simpson voice, but they would for sure like just jump to AI before they hire someone else, I feel like. They got a lot of data. A lot of data, a lot of money on the line. They'd be like, the fans will notice if it's not. If it's not Harry Shearer playing Mo, Harry Shearer, no, Harry Shearer played Ned. Or and, they're like, all right, we, well, I don't know if, if they've thought about AI already, AI already, then they got it in the, in the, in the pocket locked and loaded. But if they haven't, they're like, all right, maybe we could do this for a little, a news headline, a little 
new voice actor and get the people talking about the show again. That was the whole thing with uh, the guy that played the grandpa on Boondocks. He uh, forgot his name, but he died. And his son was really trying to be the replacement voice. And he was pretty good. Like, pretty good replacement. But the show was like, nah, we're just going to use clips of your dad's voice. That was also the, the bastardized version of Boondocks at that point. Yeah. Rick and Bond. I was about to say Rick and Morty. <laughs> Rick and Bond. I kind of just misspelled my own name. Thanks for listening. Another Monday, if that's when you're listening to it. But it's whatever day is good for you. Shout out everybody on the Ricker and Bond Discord, giving us ideas and news headlines that I didn't know about, like Travis Scott. But before we get into the good, good Bond, Jen, the most important part of the show is how's your week been? My week's been good. This is like the only weekend in eons where I haven't worked. So how many eons? How much a lot so i'm kind of just like Chilling. trying to figure out what to do <laughs> with my I mean, time there's probably only like a at least like six options yeah i think i might go to the beach and run or something i was gonna run today too i think uh your everybody's favorite friend miles moro is in my neck of the woods and i think i might say hello to him oh he's an sd he's an sd yeah he said he was going out of town He's out of town. He's in this town. Any town, you know, any town he's in is a good town to be in. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, he's probably with his girl, though. He is with his girl. <laughs> I think, wait, shit, is it his birthday? Uh, let me Fuck. go on Facebook. Everybody, is it, everybody's favorite segment of Rick and Bond, is it Miles' birthday? I can't wait till, like, your friend's birthdays are just implanted in your mind so that. Shout out to him though. The last time it was my birthday, he did hit me up, and I think he's he be he's on the Facebook with it, and so uh, I think tomorrow is it. Yeah, as I'm going through uh, the Zuckerverse and Miles Wall in the Zuckerverse, I do see November seven as the last birthday he has. (laughs) Fuck, that's tomorrow. So you you got you got the edge on everybody else. Okay, so you can you can do it right now, bro. Like be, be like, hey, bro. I know it's your birthday tomorrow. Like, just let me say that I'm stoked and I hope you have a good time. Is it worse to say happy birthday the day before or the day after? Dude, day before, give yourself an edge. Give the friend edge you've been looking for of like, yo, tomorrow. <laughs> be like, just this is your text. Be like, tomorrow, question mark, big day, dude. Happy for you. Uh, much love. Tomorrow, I'm just going to hit him with a, yo, you got that 25 grand, yo. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, also HBD. What was I going to say? Yeah, I love it when, like, if a guy's friends don't say happy birthday, the world keeps moving as planned. But if a girl's friend doesn't, the friendship is over. There was a great skit that I saw of girls knowing, like, everything about someone they just met, like, a week ago. And then guy friends that have been friends for, like, a decade (laughs) getting news of, uh, oh, oh, he has a kid cool <laughs> yeah uh travis scott man shout out rick and bond discord go over to need a link for that probably but go to rick and bond instagram hit up the discord uh your boy hurricane hawk was like yo astro world and i was like oh did you go did you enjoy it and then he was like nah eight people died and uh so eight people died 
At least eight dead and many injured after crowd surge at Travis Scott Astro World Festival in Houston. How long has this been a festival? Uh, a couple of years. Nice. Um, I didn't read too much into it, but I can guess what happened. Sure. Let's this this happens a lot. Um, when you go to the front of a show, like the very front of the crowd, and then it gets overcrowded, people at the p- back start pushing the people at the front but the people at the front can't tell the people at the back to chill. So the people at the front get crushed. And a lot of times the people at the front are young kids. And they, uh, when people are like crushed together a lot, even if your head is like up above, you can still suffocate. Hmm. So a lot of people get fucked that way. I was saying that's, that's what happened at, at Flog now with Brock Hampton. It was close to that. It was getting there. It's a, it's a very interesting physics problem, by the way. It's probably some remember, like wave particles in there. Because my dad, like, uh, he, like, works in this industry, kind of. And I remember he was showing, like, videos from different countries of, like, one time he showed me, like, a sh- an aerial show from Germany. And it was, like, a bunch of people just, like, packed together, super tight. And the entire uh, crowd was swaying. You could, like, see it. Yeah. Like, people were, like, whoa, saying, whoa physics, but dude. no one could escape. And, like, firefighters were, like, trying to pull people out. But a lot of people died that way, too. This is from your boys over at CNN. At least eight people were killed and scores injured when a crowd surged toward a stage at Houston Music Festival on Friday night, November 5th, 2021, when the metaverse wasn't really a thing yet, squeezing audience members who had nowhere to escape. 50,000 people sold out outdoor. Video from the event showed the performer on stage looked in confusion as an ambulance (laughs) flashing lights moved into the densely packed crowd. People there described being increasingly squeezed as Scott's performance approached and then feeling crushed and seeing others pass out and scream in terror when the performance began. I mean, okay, first of all, performance begins. How are you going to know which one's terror, which one's excitement? It's a little hard. Also, yeah. what do you like? Let's say you're Travis Scott and you see kids dying out there like, even if you say, yo, guys, make some room, they're not going to listen to you. They're probably going to squeeze harder. That is what Brock Hampton did. You, you'd probably have the obligation to be pause, pause the music. There's two sides to this. The first side is you pause the music, be like, hey, everybody, everybody take a breath. We're lit- literally murdering people right now. Let's uh, stand still a little bit. People in the back, uh, your, your actions are, uh, you can't see them, but it, it is killing people. A hundred percent. I don't know like how it goes down in Texas in terms of event safety, but if this were to happen in LA, it'll a hundred percent be the fire marshal's fault. Oh, really? Yeah, because the fire marshal approves how many people are allowed at the event, all the exits, all that stuff. So, like, they look at the plans and they could be like, "Yo, this is you have fifty thousand people in this small event space. There's a likely chance that it's out, it's this is going to happen." This is outside Astro World. Yeah, but it's still like you're still enclosed in barriers and walls. I think we got a picture. I can't really show you the picture, but I think inside there's a less likely chance of it happening because people are you, like, you don't have that little bit of buffer space. It's easier to tell if something's like over capacity. Yeah. But the other side of what you do as an artist is you just go harder, you know, it's like shit. You just turn like, it up and let's, let's get rowdy, you know? I wasn't in charge of the logistics of this show. I just signed my name to it. Um, there's, there's 
pictures of an ambulance. Oh my God, this is so weird. Let me show you real quick. Uh, no, I'll show you after. I'll text it because I don't want to screen share. Uh, an ambulance going through the crowd and just people, <laughs> just people, so many phones out watching the ambulance go through. Must have been yeah. pretty bad if you got an ambulance going through a crowd. Everyone just like, please save me, save me. But the ambulance is like, we don't know who we're trying to save. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's definitely people who thought that was part of the show. And they're like, yeah, this is lit, bro. They for sure did not have enough paramedics on site. I can, I can assure you. If I was a paramedic and EMT and they're like, yo, work Astroworld this weekend, I would quit. <laughs> I'd be like, nah. So some people probably didn't know about what Travis Scott is in Astroworld. That's fucking... Was Astroworld the album after the festival? I think the festival was first. Predated? I mean, sorry, I think the sense. album was first. Mm. Nice little rollout. You saw what Flogdon was doing? Yeah. And he only does it in Texas, too, which is cool. Yeah. He does it you like get, you get the, the local thing going on. That's kind of... But, like yeah, fucking... That's sad. I wonder if Travis is like, oops, or... Apparently, there was supposed to be a second day, but it was canceled. Yeah. You know, because you, of all the death. You get, a, you get a couple of deaths in there. You're like, all right. Got to rap. Will we have another Astroworld next year? Definitely. Definitely. I don't know. AP, well, probably. It's, they're probably going to sell like 70% of the tickets that it this year. And just be extra Maybe careful. Texas will learn, you know. No it's one really died cool. at Flagno. Because like they use like these aerial cameras or these aerial things and they can like see the crowd, right? And they'll be like, yo, let's just control the movement of the crowd. So like get on a walkie talkie, be like, all right, close this barricade. Let's move people to the left, to stage left and fill that shit in, you know? And you it's kind of like dominoes, like crowd control. It's crazy. You could see a lot of robots in there in the future. Literally. It's just, AI, I don't know. Maybe they have in, the in their asses. That's, I, like I said, man, that's an interesting physics problem. Because at that point, you're looking at like ants and you're like, and you, you, you know all the things of like ants going in like Fibonacci circles and like deers and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. You get a weird like a weird uh, nature physics problem from a aerial view of a concert. Not only that, I heard Drake came out, so people are going crazy for that. Someone just died off top. I have a hot take. I really do not enjoy concerts. Um, I haven't been to many. You know, the ones I do go to, it's an artist that I know I really enjoy. I also have a little bit of a, uh, of like abstinence from concerts. So it's very cool if I go to one. Um, I don't know. Do you, do you frequent many? Why don't you like them? Well, I work at concerts, so maybe that okay, has something yeah, that. to do with it. So there's I go that, like that. two concerts a week. Yeah. But yeah, it's just like, I'm just like, I got to really, really like the, uh, the artist yeah like if it's fucking if it's the weekend or if it's someone else but like because the experience of a concert first of all it's super expensive you go to the venue a hundred percent the artist is going to be late a hundred percent of the time you're most likely standing a hundred percent of the time you're fucking thirsty you're hungry you got to pee and then like 40 minutes later the artist comes up and you're, you're cool. You're enjoying the show, but your feet fucking hurt. And like halfway through the show, I'm just like checking my watch. Like, all right, is it over? You know? Got to beat some traffic. Yeah. It's just, I don't know. I enjoyed Flognaut to the fullest. Like, Flognaut was, was cool. I think Flognaut was cool because like you could walk around and shit. 
I just, I just think everybody that was slotted was dope. Yeah, I wonder why they didn't do that yet this year. I, I haven't kept up with it. What's going they on this year? Two years, didn't they? Maybe they oh, didn't yeah. have enough time. I, th- I think it's especially for like an artist-led thing. I mean, Coachella does it, but Coachella has a big old brand and probably a big old capital behind it. I don't really think the capital is the bad thing or what's stopping them. But I think if you have um, some less frequency, it builds up more demand after over a while. Does Tyler, the creator, need to remain famous for Flog not to stay successful? No, nah, at this point, it's a little it's a little bigger. Does he perform? Well, he should just experiment with not performing at a Flog not see if people care. Did he? Like, I don't remember. I mean, there's a couple of days, but no, I don't, I don't like the headlining it every year. Because it's L.A., Plus, like, they've had killer, killer sets. Like, yeah. Coachella worthy. Yeah. Damn. Or I wonder who's like there. the main sponsor. Like, who pays for this shit? I did, speaking Besides of events, Golden Voice. I did a, a, a blockchain event a couple days ago, Thursday. And mm-hmm. uh, Oh, yeah. How was that? It was cool. It was interesting. There's some, <laughs> you, you know, BitBoy, yeah. Yeah, the, the YouTube personality that talks about crypto. He's got a beard. Uh, uh-huh. He was one of the people. And uh, yeah, there is an interesting moment. You can watch it, people. Uh, but it's cool because uh, just kind of from like an event logistics standpoint, I kind of geeked out on just because it was cool. Uh, digital events and like the networking part of it was really cool. I I haven't frequented hella hella physical conferences, but like you can pack in a, a whole lot of meeting people digitally, like right back, back to back. That I don't think would be the same with physical. Even though you, Did might you have just it. sign up to do that. No, I, someone reached out to me. Interesting. What did you yeah. talk about? Uh, it, it was uh, crypto in the media. My vision of it didn't exactly <laughs> pan out. People were kind of just talking about like crypto media and like it was kind of basic about like um, like it, people ended up talking about like, oh, is it bad to talk about risky things? Uh, and I kind of wanted to go more towards technology, but the panels veered towards that way. So I had to ride the wave. Um, but it was cool. Something to put on the resume. Yeah. Something that was fun so um is it like blockchain summit i might be up there next year to do it physically hey yeah uh yeah i wish it had gone more like technology based because i was like what's really because the whole thing with media and i I probably should have been better at kind of setting it off on top but like media and people doing media is completely funneled through technology so Mm -hmm. like social media that's only possible like the transition of how people are getting information has changed because the technology changed i think there's a book called the the medium is the message and uh it's like an audio thing i think it's older and there was a typo and it's called like media is the massage something like that but i wanted to talk about how the evolution will continue for media as technology changes and web3 based technology changes to get decentralized um 
like YouTube or ads. Um, but I didn't get there. I just uh, trademarked on a whim. Kind of regret it, but also don't. MetaMask. I'm sorry. Metaverse Media. Solid. I was just like, I don't want no anyone to get this. <laughs> and then it gives it gives you like a bunch of things like your my, yours might be similar to this. And I was like, damn, everybody's coming up with like metaverse fucking shit right now. Someone was like metaverse, metaverse fucking skincare or some shit. Like metaverse fucking hospital. I'm just yeah. like, are people actually going to build shit? Or are they just trying to buy this shit up so that Facebook can buy it from them? Definitely people are just grabbing up a percentage. People are just grabbing names that have metaverse in it. I veered towards kind of not being super on the head with it, unless you're doing like a very specific thing. Because eventually that word's going to be old. Um, I thought about that. I was like, what if like it's weird to call your company Metaverse Media in 2030, but also Netflix? What is Netflix? Netflix like, has the word net in it. So it's like Netflix. Sure, 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 sure. So I'm sure back in the day it sounded cool, but now people don't even think about it. Yeah, it'll sound, if you build a brand up, it just sounds like the brand, but... Could have called it Webflix. Webflix. If people say, people used to say the net a lot. People in the future won't say metaverse a lot. Yeah, people say, dude, one of the, another conference I was kind of covering, uh, the dude who made the World Wide Web was there. <laughs> what? Don't really know what that consists of. The but, guy? Uh, the, the main guy? <laughs> Uh, the guy he made www dude <laughs> he was like yeah uh i kind of made the internet that's cool that's cool except you, you tell someone that at a bar they'll never believe you yeah i kind of even like him talking about it he was up there with another guy and some, some like string of words was said and the other guy was like yeah so thanks for the internet and and the guy was like yeah no problem and it's just at that point it's like it's bigger than you so you're like yeah, I, I made the wheel. Like, all right, man. But like, yeah, but then <laughs> Steve Jobs hops in the call. Everybody will lose their mind. You got, you got to brand yourself. You got to play a little WWE character building in the process. But I, I I'm sure know. he was he was probably satisfied with his work. I don't know if I would prefer a public image or prefer privacy. Okay, so let's say kind of two things you build a super big foundational piece of technology like whatever www is <laughs> don't really know what it is off the top uh -huh. but have no public image or build a piece of technology and more so a brand uh a la apple but have a public image so super foundational you're probably super geeky like cody dude he's been like yo i've been this is this is going to be life-changing and i have changed people's life no public image. Your incentives are probably more so about the product and in, and just moving technology. Uh, probably similar incentives for the brand oriented thing, but you know the brand's the brand, so you have a public image. Which one? Private, public? Yeah. Well, what if you're like that WWW guy? I don't know how much money he has. What if he's broke and you have to just rely on being the guy that made the internet? You know? Yeah. You could show up in a commercial because everybody knows who you are. You, you could have maybe made a brand in, in, on, alongside it, you know. But like I said, I'm kind of assuming this person is just like head deep into like developer side of the world. And 
when's the last time there was like a famous dev? Is Zuckerberg a dev? I mean, they're all kind of devs, weren't they? I mean, like Zuckerberg and Elon Musk are engineers, mm-hmm. but I'm, I don't think they spend most of their di- day doing the engineering. They just oversee teams. It's but, important. You know, a little bit but of like, transition. Like, for example, Elon Musk is not a super strong public speaker, but he kind of was just like thrust into the limelight because his products are so good. Like just by doing interviews and stuff and people pulling him up on YouTube. And like over time, that compounds. His, it's not your like mold of like, this is a good public speaker, but the character that he has on there from an outside perspective is uh, a little bit intriguing to consumers. I do think that has a lot to do with like the cultishness of the technology, which helps. But like, if you're making a, a cultish brand, you can kind of just be your personality either way. Like, what's that guy's name? Larry Elder? One of the richest men on the, in the world. Owns Oracle. A lot of people don't know who he is. Because he doesn't really do a lot of interviews. It's also like, I mean, Oracle, it, it goes like brand to brand, right? Like, Steve Jobs was very in the public. He was like, but that has to go with the technology of being like, yeah, this is like the, the, the people's phone. You know, so it's very people oriented. Yeah, it's very flashy and cut and like put together. Uh, Tesla's technology brand is like, yo, screw all y'all. We're gonna like make you're gonna make stuff that no one thinks is possible. And you can see that in in Musk speaking. If sorry, well, I said Larry Elder. It's not Larry Elder. Yeah, that guy is uh is the politician that was going California. Or close by. Uh, what's this guy's name Larry something he was good friends with Steve Ellison Larry Ellison yeah Um, but if you're doing something like Oracle which is like enterprise based and kind of not flashy but very institutional to things uh, then you you probably don't need to have a lot of character in the press you think if Oracle had followed through and bought TikTok people would know Larry Ellison is kids uh, probably not. What if he just started making TikToks? TikTok is wild. Do you think TikTok's going to die? I was thinking about the lifespan of YouTube and how many things platforms have come and go. You think TikTok's going to be one of them? I was thinking about its search capabilities and like, shitty. yeah, search is very bad. Um, it's quite addicting, but like I had a moment on there one time and I was like, I want to have discoverability like YouTube. I was like, I would like a a feed of stuff and it kind of has a feed, but it's not very cool. YouTube, like even mobile YouTube interface, it feeds you stuff and you're like, you can kind of binge on it and it doesn't feel so draining as TikTok, man. I feel, yeah, I feel like everybody on YouTube, I mean, sorry, on TikTok has like, a complimentary YouTube on the side. Like, yeah, go check yeah. out my blog. Go Definitely. check out my side business. But it's not the other way around. For people, YouTube is enough. Yeah. Definitely that too. Everyone was like, yo, go on my other thing. Um, I don't know. Uh, right now, I kind of lean like it. It's, it's, um, its lifespan will probably not be super long-lasting. 
I also think that because its rise was pretty fast as well. And yeah. usually that goes hand in hand with with cycles of everything. The um, secret. Just make something a little different. Make the algorithm killer. And whatever you do, don't sell to Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, wasn't YouTube a tweak of something before? We talked about it recently. Yeah, kind of. It was a dating site. Okay. But YouTube was also like revolutionary, like in its own lane, being that it was the first time users could easily upload videos and share videos online. Good timing with new technology. Yeah. YouTube is like, I'm learning so much about YouTube and like how it works. I think of it like, Think of it like a really, really dumb like dog or a really dumb baby or something, just stupid. And then you upload a video to it. And the only thing it knows about this video is how long it is. It doesn't know what it's about. Like it might know like your location, but most likely not. Probably doesn't have a lot of audio data yet. Um, <clears throat> and so when somebody clicks on it, like let's say somebody sees it in their subscription box or they see it on your channel page, or they type it in, they click on it. That gives YouTube one data point. And they're like, okay, Ricker clicked on this. Here's a list of everything he likes. So this video might be about one of these things because Ricker's watching it. Oh, he's watching 70% of it. It's most likely about one of these things because if he's watching most of the video, he's into it. Okay. Oh, he left a like. Oh, he's commenting. He's really into the video. I'm going to start showing this video to Bond because Bond's also into the same stuff. So it's kind of just guessing. And then the more people like fulfill like, or give it information about who might watch it, the better the algorithm gets better at recommending to people. And that's how viral videos are born, basically. Do you know what that process is called? Like from a tech perspective? I, I don't. I typed in like neural network is the first thing that popped in my mind, but I don't think it's like deep learning. I think it might just be algorithmic stuff, but like, um, yeah, it's, it's wild. Cool. So like, I've heard tricks, like if you, when you upload a video, if you have like three or four other accounts and you get on those accounts and watch the video all the way through, like the video and comment mm -hmm. and then get on your main account that you uploaded the video on, respond to all those comments that like gives the algorithm a jump start. Like, okay, this has some early engagement let me start throwing it out to more people. Would it throw it out to similar channels of the commented chan of the commenting channels, or just yeah, the, the channels that are watching it? And then I learned that, like, in order, the best way for it to know if a video is similar to another video for recommended, if you watch the video and then you click to another video that's similar to it, so like you watch two tennis videos and then you watch like a good portion of the second video, it's going to know, it's going to have a better idea. Okay. The first video was like the same as the second video, most likely because they just click straight to it. Cool. Yeah. I do think this is called deep neural networks. Um, yeah, <laughs> there's a, there's a research Google paper. They're probably they're, at some point in, in YouTube's history, they're like, yeah, we, we're going to plot out how people interact with things and what they like, and then they're going to make it better. 
I bet they tried some shit. It really didn't work in the early days. They tried a bunch of stuff and like, they're like, okay, like we're having the most engagement. Cause at the end of the day, YouTube just wants your eyeballs to stay on youtube.com for longer so they can serve you more ads. And I have reason to believe that if you're not monetized, they're less likely to promote your channel because they have less to gain from a non-monetized channel. Makes sense in the game theory. So it's really hard to, well, I'm not gonna say it's really hard. Cause like you could, you could, you could do it easily if you like pick the right thing or you could do it however you want and like take five years to grow on YouTube. As but, with most AI systems, YouTube AI is sophisticated and YouTube has released only limited information about it. They did a white paper in 2016, clarified some details, but most of the information on the algorithm is still very secret. We know from the white paper that this place, by the way, gives a 404, but there might be, you know, do a Google, LOL. Um, the viewers perceive satisfaction to create an addictive personalized stream of recommendations it works to determine how satisfied slash happy a viewer is with each video they play and then tailor future recommendations to try and increase level of satisfaction. Satisfaction probably equals watch time, most importantly. Effectively, two neural networks in use to first filter videos to decide what would make a good match for the viewer's next up recommendations. Second neural network gives each video a score based on the range of factors not yet publicly known. Which, I mean, how many factors exist on YouTube? Watch time, interactions, uh, maybe positive comments. But like, do you, do you, when's the last time you commented on a video organically? Uh, I don't know. Sometimes I do. I never. Unless it's like I'm supporting that person. Which Sometimes could be I a, ask like a question. I wouldn't do, I mean, do people get back to you? Yeah. Okay. Actually more than you would think. I mean, that's, that's kind of people running channels probably should get back to people commenting. I feel like if you're not answering comments, it's not because you have too many comments. It's just cause you don't want to, cause you can read like 15,000 comments in 10 minutes. Yeah. Some people probably is not there in the wheelhouse. Um, but also responding to comments is good for the algorithm too. Intended to suggest videos that the particular viewer would watch. Very cool. Google and algorithms, man. So that's what I was kind of wondering too. Like in the future, in the media, is there eventually Google might have to die? I don't know. Maybe not. Do technologies always die? Uh, yes, but maybe we're in a new form of technology. I mean, eventually the earth blows up. Technology might die. I um, think. I think one day Google will die, but it'll be like, like Google's dominating the internet. It needs to be the successor to the internet, whatever that's going to be. Yeah. A new technology has to come. And even then older technologies, it's a slow, slow death. <laughs> like it could be like a company totally different from Google search. And then one day the company's just like, we're going to make an, an advertising internet business and they do it way better than Google and instantly they're a competitor to Google because that's where Google's money comes from. <clears throat> I'm thinking from the perspective of, is it possible to have not a dominant centralized, sorry for all the decentralized centralized jargon, but a non-company dominated advertising platform because most people use Google and Facebook 
for ads because that has the most data, big data, and it's kind of easy. Um, but those are still centralized companies. And if there's future incentives for people to make technology that is not a centralized advertising hub. And that goes back to less middlemen and Web3 stuff. This is the whole talk I wanted to have on a <laughs> on a blockchain summit, but people were just like, yeah, we can't talk about risk, dude. <laughs> can't talk about risk? Well, that's what people were kind of debating about. Uh, and, you know, <laughs> you know, Pomp? Pomp? The, the, the personality, uh, uh, Anthony Pomp. Uh, no, I mean you have to. Yeah, haircut. I was gonna say, bro, you, you took a picture on a on an Instagram. Look at the, look, the hat with the the long hair looks solid. Oh, thanks. Um, it's getting a little shaggy. That guy, you don't know, you know Anthony Pompalalalala. God, Anthony Pomp. I texted you. Gotta know. Who is this guy? He's just a, a person. Oh, I've seen him space. somewhere. So oh, him, what? he <laughs> had a a tiny bit of a spat with this man. Bit. <laughs> I hate gossiping about it because it's dumb and it's what they want. But it's, it's podcasts. You, it's okay. It's it entertainment. Is. It is entertainment. Sometimes I have to entertain with vapid stuff. Uh, so. BitBoy Crypto was on the, the panel I was on and like five hours, five hours before, uh, Pomp had a, a, a bit on his podcast uh, that was like a little bit aggressive towards BitBoy because BitBoy was like, BitBoy said that the way Pomp and his people talk about um, like riskier altcoin stuff is like boomerish and Pomp was like, mad about that and he's like i think you do too much uh you lead people the wrong way sometimes and that was five hours before the panel i had and then bitboy at the beginning wasn't like starting and he jumped in uh and then it was on the it was on the point where i was talking about like community and crypto and then risk talking about risk came up because what my question was was does <laughs> does crypto media have to do anything different than traditional media and everybody took that right away as like talking about risk and then there's a whole 15 minutes went out about that um but that was it what do you mean i was that i don't get how that equates to risk that's what people's first thought went to because when they think of like crypto media and like other media they're like oh I guess fresh on their mind was talking about risky investments and like, like the gambling aspect to invest. She just told everybody to put $500 in poopy Inu coin and call it a day. Well, that's, that's what pump was like kind of getting on bit boy about. And then they like a day later, which I thought was nice and efficient. They, uh, they uh, went on a podcast and talked about it a little bit. And BitBoy's whole thing was like, obviously some people out there just enjoy the gambling aspect of investing. Like, and then someone else, shout out James Bowater from Crypto Am, 
was like, yeah, even like if you're a movie producer, you, you still, you're still trying to get like the one out of 11 and then you want the one to make up profits for your 11. Um, so, you know, people got all WWE about it. So shout out that, um, I kind of forgot how we went on that road, but you don't know Pomp or Bitboy, dude. Are you even on crypto media, bro? Mm, I no. guess not. No, because it's 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 the most WWE thing out there than anything, man. Like just people building brands and shouting at people. Shout out to them. Building brands, buying a crypto that doesn't care about them. Is there well, like a crypto news channel like CNN? It's just straight crypto twenty four seven. I mean, it's more so brands personal brands that are making these and then like the main news organizations um which like the personal brands would be saying like yeah that's not decentralized and then you kind of have that whole thing um i don't know i mean where do you get traditional finance news news organizations sometimes you go on youtube for the personal brands got to do your own research, man. It's what it all comes down to. Stop listening to people yelling at you. Oh, he has a wife. Which one? Pomp. Pomp. And then what's Bitcoin Sheeta? She has. <laughs> Pomp has a cool background and kind of just like, uh, like angel investing, I think. I don't know if it's actual angel investing. Probably more so um, VC. But that was kind of cool. And then BitBoy has kind of just created like a whole media thing around crypto, which I admire as well. But then like he can't like get out of the brand, you know? Like it's not really an exit. Which might be fun, but like I was thinking like this man streams every day. Pros and cons. Pros and cons. Pros and cons. Uh, what else is going on in the news mesh man you ever heard of it i got a no. couple of headlines I, I was ready to raw dog it going solo so i was getting uh a couple of things ready do you want to go a, a listicle a listicle thing about 10 things highly successful people do or a listicle about podcasting or microsoft mesh or dopamine de detox 10 things highly successful people nah yeah alright 20 little things and this is from inc.com which is also the publication that that one fine lady did about the apple article didn't get back to me about that by the way number one don't smoke weed as soon as you wake up and scroll through instagram on the toilet for 30 minutes that's a start number one they have coming from ed eager ceo of rewards network which is a restaurant finance a restaurant a restaurant finance and marketing provider which has been used by more than 90,000 restaurants talk about get getting getting wealthy in the niche man um number one is workout in the morning oh shit i need to i i suggest doing the the body workouts in the morning off top maybe you go into a gym but i, I like the body workouts off top and then you do the, the gym workout too maybe later in the day but do you know, I had to re-up my thing. I stopped for a day. That's why I was looking up detox of dopamine. 
Mr. Eager says, it's the only quiet time in my day and I can focus my mind before heading into work further. When I take vacations, I often visit places where it's hard to reach me during that time. I can be in the moment without the distractions that can always come looking for us. Work out in the morning. Now, this is 20 things, but I like that. I like number two. Surround yourself with joyful people, says Laura Gassner Odding, former presidential appointee in Bill Clinton's White House and author of Limitless, How to Ignore Everybody, Carve Your Own Path, and Live Your Best Life. Laura Odding. Misery is contagious, slippery, insidious, and sneaky. You want to be happy, surround yourself with a family, the combination of friends and family who shine your own standards of excellence back upon you, demand that you bring your best and foster joy. Joy, too, is contagious and compounding. What do you think, Jen? No, negativity always. It sounds no. like a negative thing to say, dude. No, that's that's true. But if you just don't have any friends. Uh, then you have to be just joyous as a person either way. I mean, how many people you interact with every day? Let me, let me, let me think. One, two, I'll say three, four. Probably about like interact as in like talk to maybe like fifteen on a daily okay. basis, fifteen or less. Those uh those people's whatever they do, whatever they think, and however they say it will eventually get into your brain. You know what I'm saying? And you can either be very uh, <laughs> indifferent to that if it doesn't help you, but after a while, if it's a, if it's a not as oh. she says the uh, the <sighs> The... I don't really hang out with any negative people, but unfortunately, and I'm trying to work on this, most of the people I hang out with don't have a, an abundance mindset like I do. Shine like, your own standards of excellence back upon you. I think this is it. What? It's like, like this, they're like, this is it, I guess. I'm like, what? Uh, what is it? What, being 25? If you were 50, uh, imagine a 50-year-old hearing that. They would laugh at you. Yes, this is true. Then you you, know, you got to uh, put columns around certain people. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes I'm just not like, not, in a, not in a bad way, but you're just like, all right, this is the people that this is the area of life that this is most beneficial towards. I don't know. Sometimes you got to do a little life audit. Um, let's see. Give yourself a daily rehearsal is number three. So probably patterns in your in your day. Know when you're most productive. Jeez. Morning, maybe for me. Eliminate small decisions. I think that goes back to who, who did the uh, the outfit the outfit picking in the morning. Steve in, in the uh, the black shirts for brain fatigue. I like this one, man. Question the status quo. Um, this one is from CTO of OTA Insight, a provider of cloud-based business intelligence solutions for hotelers. Hotelers? There's an EI in there. Several times a day, <clears throat> I reflect on whether my team and I are taking the best approach <coughs> in achieving our goals. I try to do this before I start any significant task. 
that I work on myself or delegate. Advocating such an approach might seem obvious, but some people can quite quickly fall into the habit of doing things the same way they've been doing before by others or yourself. That doesn't necessarily mean that they're doing the things the right way in terms of efficiency, efficacy, or creativity. The only way to keep innovating is to inspire your team to keep asking whether you're doing, whether what you're doing actually makes sense. You'd be surprised how often you'll think of improvements. I like that. That also goes back to like having a defining goal. I also think another thing that I would add to this list is have a very, uh, very, very, what might seem audacious uh, achievement that you want to accomplish. Uh, What's your goal? Master investor, media mogul, and then like 79 billion a year. 79 billion a year? Yeah. If you add inflation in there in the future, you might have to put it up a little bit. Like you earn 79 billion a year? Uh, it's just, that's all. Not earned, but all. Like your company or like you? All assets is what I have right now. Oh, I see. It's a number. Um, one, it's kind of a dopamine hack of like giving yourself a goal to work towards. Um, and I think humans are kind of wired towards that. And it yeah. kind of it, uh, does that same thing when you're questioning if what you're doing right now eventually leads to a point in the future. Um, my goal is a little less ambitious than that. hundred grand a month. It, it, there's also the other side of that where it's like, um, there's one guy that has really cool kind of business motivational content on Instagram, but he was, uh, his side of it was like, yo, most of you are getting like, if you're getting down on yourself for not getting a goal, it's because you're doing these super audacious goals. And his thing was like, just have those small goals first. So you get the, another like dopamine hack and then you size it down a little bit, but you know, give and take either, either side of those. Um, there's also a cool little quote from a guy called nine. Uh, I forget the number, but it's something keys, nine keys, 19 keys. I think it's 19 keys. I'm signed up to his text community thing, and sometimes he he gives out little blasts of just he's either streaming live or doing other stuff. But he texted, uh, which I thought was really cool. He said, "Match your level of work with your vision, and your whole world changes." Because a lot of people have bigger vision, but the work doesn't match either. Things to think about. Um, track your habits, man. I was thinking about a thing, right? And I, I put it up on Twitter, at John David Ricker. If there's an app that you successfully track your chemical things in your brain, and your dopamine, your uh, serotonin, and all that stuff, you track it to your habits, and, you, and also have that goal, so you have like a goal, and... The goal is the important part too, because it's part of the, the chemical wiring of why you're doing something. Track with a very good accuracy your chemical firings in your brain that make emotions and drive in humans and analyze which part of your day and activities or people are 
firing that chemical reaction that gives you incentive to do drive towards your goal. Then you cut out things that are, are uh, triggering like dopamine, like, like TikTok probably doesn't help you go to a goal, but it triggers a lot of dopamine. So you can know off top the bio mechanics of your brain and how it's driving you into the future. Yeah, like it's like Neuralink era. Yeah, but it's, I mean, besides like tracking chemical things, pretty god dang feasible. Like, I don't know. You got to do something a little bit weird with the brain, but pretty easy, I would think. Pretty easy. <laughs> pretty easy to say someone to make a team and be like, yo, how do we do this? Pretty easy for the guy not in the lab, <laughs> the guy just injecting capital. But, you know, the guy not he, sleeping in the laboratory. Hey, man, someone's got to make WWW, you know, and, and he's probably stoked on the vision as well. It will be a, a, a net positive for people in the life. And they'll know that they did something revolutionary, you know? I want to make <sighs> metaverse classes. Sure. But I think it might be better to make metaverse software. Software as a service, as I saw someone say online, is probably where a lot of people right now would, would rather make a company around. <clears throat> also, and, just, and, and this is the, the negative part of it, but like Apple's going to kill you. Yes, but Apple's not going to enter the game for, they're not going to enter the game until last, late. You already got In Microsoft. terms of metaverse, I think they're yeah. going to enter glasses soon, but like. Okay, and, and also. So like AR stuff or no? Or virtual world in glasses? Yes. AR, AR. or virtual world? I think maybe both. Perhaps exactly. both. Because there's also that with defining metaverse. Like there's virtual worlds and then there's AR. Well, I consider... Augmented reality, by the way. I consider that the metaverse as well. I consider, the two very, very distinct. Yeah, they're distinct, but they're like the same thing. Not the, they're not the same thing, but they're kind of the same thing. They're like... They're related. The metaverse is at the end of the day for enhancing your world, right? So it's layering software on top of your vision and enhancing your senses. Let me try to steal someone's definition, but continue with the metaverse. So I think they're going to do AR and VR. The AR is just going to be your everyday glasses. And then the VR is going to be a headset. Um, don't know if they'll release at the same time. I think they're going to have a closed ecosystem app store where people are going to make apps. If you really want to think ahead, man. I mean, yeah. So if you really want to think ahead, think of a thing because the headset stuff is horrible. <laughs> like the, head stuff, the, the headset stuff, I think is going to be the old Dell computer of, of virtual reality stuff. Um, but could you make a full immersive experience without with just glasses because like extra light gets in there you know you could be distracted on the side like i'm sure you could fit fit the tech in here eventually but i feel like it needs to be like dark that that's the future right you got to think about Unless how, like how you make a helmet shade. that's not a helmet that's what it boils down to helmet so that's like, not a helmet bam right there i could make that and it could just be first of all it's gonna be a shitty prototype it's gonna be trash <laughs> like the first five, six, seven, eight, ten years. Take but the, the point step, really you know? is not even to make it to production. It's the fucking 
get acquired. Sure. You know, because Apple buys a lot of fucking companies on the sly. Sure, sure, sure. Man, there's also this. Oh, man, I, I do suggest finding a technology summit online that does networking and just hop in there, man. I said it to someone else, but like just 15 minutes of talking to people that are making stuff, bro, it was very helpful. <laughs> what um, are they making? Just uh, some people are making tech that is less middleman for stuff. Other people were like VC cats. There was a VC cat who did like an agency that went to Tucson <laughs> at like 94. Um, and he was just talking about like, he worked in startups and then now does like agency stuff to get people to market. So I was saying just making something gives you that experience off top. Um, and then like, I always link, uh, there's a company called loop that a man named John Henry styles made that is uh and he is a VC person made a company <laughs> The, the the brand loyalty is great when you when you show someone off top. Uh, but he made a company when he was like 18, 19, or 20 or something, and there was a, a million-dollar exit. So he was doing VC stuff for a while, and now he's making an insurance company. But just like learning about startup stuff in that world is something I've not uh, hopped into very much, just in like documentaries or media or anything. Uh, but finding people that are doing things that you haven't done yet is probably like the best window to, to starting something. You also learn from people's mistakes. So my advice to anybody is to go find an online summit that does tech stuff and does networking and hop on for like four hours, three hours, two hours, 15 little 15 minute meetings. It's great. Hmm. The guy who was running the LA block, well, the event side of the LA blockchain summit worked for Disney hospitality. And I geeked out over that too. Cause you know, Disney bro. Uh Oh, it's like food for Disney and like logistics. Shout out Mr. Busey. Industries are going to be wild. Yeah. This man was just talking about like, he, he's just, what he was doing for events was I think it, first kind of going through a blockchain uh, that he enjoyed and then just finding projects through discords and, and, and stuff, which I thought was very inspiring because it's just like, yeah, that's what it is. Um, but then on the other side of not making hardware for VR and AR to go back to it, um, it's like making an app for, for Apple. You'd make an app for Facebook metaverse. Could be anything. Yeah, but the thing is too I make an app for Apple. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like I feel like Facebook's kinda gonna ruin it. I mean sorry, Apple's kinda gonna ruin it. What? Is because it? they're gonna be like they're gonna make every they're gonna make everything still close and of course it's gonna be better, so everyone's gonna use theirs. I'm saying Facebook's version of that, not Apple. But Facebook's still gonna be open. Facebook's gonna be like you can you don't need to use our app store, you can use your own apps, you can well, build yeah, your own software store. and pull it in making so, making something that you would put on meta and have that in the library and you make money off that you talk about their platform horizon i don't know a lot about horizon you brought it up before and i didn't look so, too much into it meta is just the company the their main product is called horizon so think of horizon like facebook but for the metaverse 
and any company, any person can make their own, make their own horizon. And if it's better than Facebook's, maybe people will grab toward, towards that. But expanding horizon. This is from the PR group of Meta at about.fb.com. Expanding horizon new funding to support creators October 7th, 2021. We launched Horizon's invite only beta last year. We started to build a creator friendly V space in VR with the best in class social world building tools. We spent the past year developing these tools and improving them based on creator feedback. What is that feedback? These early creators have grown the social experiences on the Horizon platform, and we've been amazed by their imagination and creativity on display. We're excited to support them. We're announcing a $10 million creator fund to encourage more people to come build with us as we continue rolling out Horizon in beta. As we grow the social experiences that are part of Horizon, we're rolling out a new name for the experience. Horizon Worlds over the next year will distribute these funds in a few different ways. Do you want to know what ways you're getting funds from, Bonjen? Yeah. Community competitions. Later this year, we'll launch a series of creator competitions to reward people building the very best worlds in Horizon and who are taking advantage of the tools we offer. We'll offer up to a measly $10,000 in cash prize for the first, second, and third place winners. And we'll share more details on the competition soon. Sign up here. I don't have a referral link, so you don't have that off top. Man, if you make something, it's more metaverse space. But like, listen, listen. Back to the finding metaverse, I would define it as the third iteration of the mobile web, or the next iteration of the mobile web. So that can be AR Why mobile or VR. Web? What? Why mobile web? because the first iterate because it's the web that you can take anywhere iPhone like apps. on your computer yeah my, my thing was at first you had uh i mean it's still i guess what, that's where you get into brain technology but i mean you still have to have like a hardware or contacts or something but you had t one channel televisions and like radio was your first media and then kind of the foundation of internet stuff big old servers and then this new wave of apps and and social connecting um i wanted to know people's opinion on the next wave of that and i know i know the probable one is very easy picky fruit metaverse but i wanted to know if anybody had what's the possible not the plausible you know funding for developers there's an accelerator program on horizon man i really i really wanted to buy one just because to see what's good with it. Did you notice the central line went crazy when he announced Meta? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's gone. It's uh, something that's interesting because I saw a lot of bigger people um, invest into called Blocktopia. Apparently, uh -huh. it has investments from uh, BitBoy Crypto, Polygon. Avalanche, Crypto Windio. I know um, Cointelegraph was on it. But uh, it has a token. Seems kind of cool. There was another company that built skyscrapers on it. Uh, there's there's Mr. Ben himself. Uh, Blocktopia. It's Polygon-based. Might be fun. Um, yeah, I mean... Virtual virtual worlds is a thing, very much so. 
Um, and this man got a whole, the whole, damn, they're really getting advertising with their advertising. Maybe they're the first ones to make the worlds, but like the, the, the advertising is a uh, bit boy, crypto, Wendigo faces all over the place, Polygon, different game, WWE undefeated. Seems like a lot of big uh, companies. So that might be interesting. If anybody's looking for a sick 1,000 million 10x gains, bro. Um, do you have any investments in virtual worlds besides tokens? No. Any tokens? Not yet. No need, no need to follow. Be very indifferent. Not yet. I don't. I don't even have a lot of Ethereum, unfortunately. Well, next panic, you know? Have some cash on the side or some tether. You ready for the recession? I'm down, dude. Um, I got some cash $18 on... for toilet paper? It's coming, bro. Uh, I wouldn't be down with that. But, you know, I'm I'm somewhat prepared for a panic. I have some okay reserves that can get me food. I'll buy some farmland, bro. You ever think about farmland? Yeah, I'll buy some farmland someday. I'm trying to get some farmland now, man. I don't know who's... No, no. Food, water. Just a, it's a, shout out to uh, Pat Buteau, Noam Nakum. But he was talking about, we were talking about the, psycho, the psychology. Have you, have you seen his TikToks or no? The, the, like, but the same thing of like history of like, if, if, if Christopher, Colum how Christopher Columbus would be discovering the world with bros, like that kind of present day point of view of history mm -hmm. and i was talking about why that psychologically is humorous to some people and he was saying because it's like somewhat comforting to think about people in the past that were like thinking like oh the world's gonna end and all this new technology and he was talking about like where roman people when the aqueducts came out where they're like oh man aqueducts are just gonna ruin humanity and then humanity persists I'm Even sure. though it's a small, small percentage of space and time history, but human history. You ever think uh, about compounding technology? Oh, it's a very, very slow start, but then most of the biggest technological breakthroughs have happened in the last century or so. So, like, we wouldn't have had anything like the car if we weren't able to harness electricity and be able to like route it through factories to make assembly lines. And like, even like something like that, we wouldn't have the iPhone because like you need an assembly line to like make the iPhone and like the Mac and all that shit. And we, we wouldn't have Uber if you didn't have the app store, you know, it's just like, like the more, and all these are just building blocks and the further we go in time, like the faster these things come out because yeah. they're just building on the progress of shit before it. There was a guy I talked to at that summit that was talking. He's building something that I think most people are kind of going towards in like Web3 where you have very, I don't have a synonym for interoperable right now, but being able to just pick out technologies or just like things that provide value and fit it into anywhere and like very much so 
making things on top of each other, taking things out and it still exists. Cause like when you think of like blockchain stuff, like you have the initial foundation stuff and then people build stuff on top of that. And I think that next step is a lot more, you can plug things in and, and, and unplug things a lot easier. Um, in terms of, I don't know, technology or apps or something, but the, 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 the word compounding, because you hear like exponential growth of technology, but the, the compounding analogy, I haven't really heard. That's, that's a, that's a nice one. Yeah. I just, I just look around at stuff and I'm just like, we wouldn't really have this. if we didn't have this first. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's a good perspective. So it's, it'll be interesting to see where things go. 15 years, man. It's going to get wild in 15 years. It's going to be nuts. Think well, about 15 it. 15 years about ago. Remember do. you were like in fourth grade, the world wasn't that different. Mm-hmm. I always think about that. I'm like, bro, it was so different. In 2000, what, 2006? Sure. Now, all right, in t- first 2021, if I was the same age in 2006, if I wanted to eat, I had to go or, or get on the phone and maybe order a pizza, you know, by looking in the phone book or something. Mm-hmm. Now I can order any food. I can order any transportation. I can take my porn on the go. Like most businesses I interact with now are in my pocket. Yeah. It's like a, a, va- a hugely different world than I was going to say, like I said, the, the second wave of, of apps and everything is what made most technology. So having uh, the next iteration of foundational tech, it's going to be, what does that look like? That's what I wanted people's opinions on. Because this made a lot of different things. Having mobile internet, like you said, people are making apps and things. Um, Next plausible thing is people making apps and technology via AR things, VR things. But there's something else that is a little more. And I think it's more so of like building technologies that are interoperable with other things and, and moving around value. I'll flesh it out. What are you going to say? Do you remember when the app store first came out and all the apps were like, not really man. toys. It was like not a really. beer drinking app and a flashlight app. And a, uh, again, yeah. I remember the beer drinking app. apps. Yeah. I, there's going to be a bunch of that in the metaverse to start. Yeah. Yeah. Before it gets serious, I feel like. Yeah, it's a man. Just look at the past. That's where everything comes from, uh, quite literally. But also, I don't know. You only you only experience now, but uh, these cycles that you can that you're able to study with people archiving things. Um, and even before that, I was I was going to talk about like if Tesla had his vision of technology come to fruition versus other people's technology ideas uh it would be a different timeline and even thinking about that and thinking about how that might coincide with this timeline what was his fruit what was his vision he he enjoyed i believe um free energy for all uh he found a way with like the tesla coil just to transfer things um non-centralized kind of um, and then Ford mm-hmm. kind of uh, comp pushed him out of the space. Um, with I wonder cars. how that would work. <laughs> Free like, would it be better or worse? I mean, the the 
timeline if if he came out i mean like just for like the general public like if there's a huge storm in la the power is probably not going to go out because like the company power company's making a lot of money so they have an incentive to keep it on but the power is free for everyone like would it just be a worse experience for your everyday joe or it depends on people's incentives i suppose if people enjoy uh power then you might have communities trying to make sure it's all good um you think people don't upkeep power if they have no financial incentive behind them well i mean you got to go to school to learn about electricity and that costs money and electricians make a pretty good living so i feel like people wouldn't do that unless like there was some reward to do it what if you took school out of it and made it more trade-based because the schooling system is also very uh, important to financial aspects of American society, both well, in grabbing capital and just like putting people uh, in the, into jobs. Being an electrician isn't like being a doctor. You got to go to like that's what I'm saying. You go, you, university. You, you, you can go, go to fucking LA Community College and be an electrician in like two years. You know, it's not very expensive to do. So it's kind of it's one of those things. It's kind of like a plumber. Everybody needs it. Not a lot of people want to do it, but it pays a lot. Uh, like it's like it's like a trade job, which I think like should be taught low key in high school. But um, yeah, I feel like people like only do that because it it pays a lot. Because first of all, it's dangerous. Mm-hmm. Second of all, it sucks. I think, my opinion. And you got to like learn a lot of like technical shit, and like people don't want to do that for free. Most people don't. Yeah. Value transactions are interesting, man. Very, very interesting. I've noticed the, if you look at like how much of a danger a job is to your life, at least in America, you usually get paid more. Like you could be a sanitation worker downtown LA and make close to six figures because you're dealing with like needles and shit shit that could fuck you fuck up your life there is a premium on dirty jobs and also because most people don't want to do them probably because there's a premium on uh the the safety of it there's no money no amount of money he could pay me to do that job personally i'll I'll do it for like two weeks what you got (laughs) what if they're like okay six billion dollars but you have to do this until you retire retire now Time is a good a good capital to have. I'm sure after like Wait, a month, bro. I'm sure after like a year or two, I, you'd be like, you know, this job isn't that bad, and plus I'll have six billion dollars. Can I quit like four months in? You can't quit. What, what do I get for like two months? Nothing. You got You don't. You don't get a dime unless you make it to sixty. Ah. It's just a. It's just a regular paycheck. And then you sixty, they're like, okay, six billion dollars untaxed. Ah, that's 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 way too much trust I have to have in that. Oh, we get a smart contract in there. Yeah, um, I don't even know if I would do that. No, I I, I mean, do people still die around a hundred years old? I feel like I'd be like, you know, I'll just try to make six billion dollars myself, and then I get to sixty and I'm not there, and I'm like, fuck. I'll probably have more. I'll probably have more fun trying to get there than I would getting there. You know, I mean, you don't need six billion dollars. Like, you can have it. You need two billion dollars. Fine. I just want seventy nine, bro, per year. It's good. 
Not that much. You got a couple different assets coming in. What, 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 man? Good company. I, hey, mom. I just want to not work. What would you do? I'm a simple man. But I, that's all. I just want to. People always say they don't want to work. And then that comes. And they're like, yo, I'm bored, bro. I'm trying to make something. Yeah. Is, is you your work meaning make, making something? My main focus, if I was, well, I'd probably like, I'll probably make companies until I die. Okay. Okay. But I would be like this fill up time. I would just hire the best personal trainer I can afford, maybe a couple, and then learn like three or four fucking combat sports and just become a monster. Yeah. That's, that's like I said, people going towards goals is kind of the human thing. And that's only, that's, that's fun because you get to work on a, on the craft and you have a little point in your head where you're, you're working towards. And then when I'm 35, 40, I'll be rich and I'll just be fucking, I'll literally just be an A1 guy. You know? Just want to be an A1 guy, dude. Dude, just like an A1 guy. Yeah. I consider, I consider an A1 guy, someone whose pockets are good and someone whose body's good and overall they value their health and you know, mental nice, I guess. Yeah. They're just yeah. like not dicks. Okay. Not dicks. You know, a little, but, a little, little piece in there somewhere maybe. Yeah. All right, all right. But like, I don't know something. This is just body shaming to say that. Like when, when I see like a guy doesn't work out, it's obviously don't work out. I'm just like, Ugh. Uh, like they don't even need to be fat. Like they can just be like, insanely skinny. It's probably some, someone could probably say that's some shame, but I know what you're coming from. Um, I was like, dude, like do some push-ups or something. Yeah. Cause it, just, it I don't know. It all goes back to like discipline and working towards things. Um, and I yeah. think physically, especially. <laughs> and it's they, worse when they try to, uh, uh, what's the fucking word? Uh, defend not working out. Sure. Sure. And I'm like, bro, your chest caves in, dude. And you're telling me working out is bad. Like what you're doing is bad. <laughs> Not working out. Yeah. You look like your body looks like it's struggling to support your head. But then the other side of that, that was like, if a person <laughs> is satisfied with their life, then it's just kind of like you just worrying about someone else's life, which is kind of probably just back onto like you wanting to do things. That's cool. But if they're complaining me to me about, let's say they're complaining to me about a problem sure. and be directly fixed with working out. Yeah, yeah. Like, Oh, I can't get laid or, Oh, I'm depressed all the time or yeah. oh, I'm lethargic. Right. I'm like, okay, well there's an easy fix for that. I agree. I agree. It's called 40 pushups in the morning. That's it. Yeah. It's called minimum effort. But no, that is a thing that, that that's what it, go, it goes back to that chemical balance thing where people are really in a negative feedback loop and it comes like chemically. And if you keep on doing that, you, you eventually have like a quote unquote positive reward for negative, just like negativity in your life. And that becomes like addictive in your brain, just like oh. how the opposite is addictive. You know how some people come from like, a lot of people come from poor families and they see their, their parents struggling and they're like, okay, this will always be like my reality. Like I'm not even going to try to do anything else. But then there's some people that think like the opposite of that. I wonder what's the difference. It's interesting. Do you think, do you think it's just the parent? Parent has a more um, disciplined, productive mindset, even if they 
didn't come up on 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 good money i, I, I don't know do you i think don't know what it is i think it's like because there's still there's still our kids <laughs> that probably have parents that are like oh this is this is just the way it is it's i just i lucked out and then the kid is like oh, nah i'm gonna go do something but you also have the, the opposite side too where you have probably parents that have positive growth mindset and still just kind of ended up not financially okay but kids still want to progress beyond that i think does I think a both kid exist. need like an example like a kid can see rich people all the time but i feel like you need to be like i feel like the default is you only get money by working and like yeah that's that's just social conditioning though yeah like, like how do you how you, do you teach how do you teach a kid like because people told my parents told me my whole life you need to have money work for you and i didn't know what that meant until college interesting yeah they're like you interesting, gotta have your money work for you and i was like what does that even fucking mean huh okay that's interesting because i didn't hear that growing up it was just my mother was just working uh kind of like in the now stuff um, yeah like my parents were talking about like investing a whole lot but they kept saying like money work for you man okay what is it i'm gonna send my money to work like we're gonna send it to a job like did they uh did they ever like like sit down and like show you like bills or stuff no they just said uh they just it was like really vague lessons like like if you don't respect money it won't respect you so like when you pull like cash out of your wallet or make sure like you handle it like like you know what you're doing you don't want shit like flying out anywhere yeah. <laughs> like I, there's, there's most of the most of the people i see online like i've seen cardone do it i know ian dunlap for me while does it all the time <clears throat> uh um trap from i forget his full title but he's trapped wall street trapper um of like literally like sit, sitting down with young kids showing bills, showing their own investment account and saying, uh, this is money we're putting into a company and this is how the return comes back from that company if it's investing. Um, I know I've seen Cardone. It, it does come from just like prepping your kid at a super young age, I think, but with like examples of like, this is that, this is this, this is what a, a equity is of a company. This is why this happens in this society. But most important, most importantly, I think from what I've learned from other people is having a, a young child or just an older child um, or person. But let's say you're a parent, you have a, a four-year-old, five-year-old, you got to be doing the thing that you want them to be knowledgeable upon. Like if, if a kid sees you trading stocks all the time and you're getting up at like 6 a.m. to trade stocks, they're going to be interested in knowing why that parent does that and what it, what fruits come from it. Um, go ahead. If you're you like that. eating dinner, kid? This is, I got to do this. I got to look at these lines. Yeah. But, but I mean, it's only like, if you do it from a positive mindset though, like if you're doing like, yeah, like, yo, this is, this is what's going down, bro. Like I've tried to master this stuff for like years. And I it, wonder. Yeah. Uh, I took a, uh, there was a section of my economics class in high school where I talked about stocks, just did not compute. It just did not, 
listen, I think I faked. We had to like find companies and make like a fake portfolio and then report the shit yeah. later. Dude, I didn't and get I, like, it. In, I, went into, I went into stock club in college for, for sophomore year. And, and yeah. girls talk, bro, girls talking about a, a bag would be a bag right now. Uh, it was a Estee Lauder EL. And I was watching it and, and it's kind of like a vivid memory in my mind. I'm on the steps in like basketball shorts and she's talking about e, EL and why it's a good investment. And like, even that I didn't, I didn't, it just, it wasn't there, you know? I'm going to start, I'm going to start doing, um, I don't know who said it, maybe Warren Buffett or maybe it was Shaq or something. <laughs> and he was like, I only invest in companies that like Shaq. one change people's lives and two, like I actually use. Mm-hmm. And like, I've been thinking like, I, I've been investing in a lot of shit that I don't even use. And yesterday I was drinking Starbucks and I was like, dude, this is a bitch in coffee. Like this is a great culture. This is a good company. Like I fuck with this company. Like the people I know you never really hear anybody complain about working at Starbucks. Like, honestly, I'm like, that's great. Like, so it's probably an okay job. I'm going to fucking, every time I buy coffee from Starbucks, I'm going to put the same amount of money in Starbucks stock. That's just going to be my thing. Cause I enjoy the company. And then I'm going to think about what other companies I use. Like I use Uber a lot. I think it's a great company, but I don't like their thing. Yeah. It's just like, ah. someone else told me they didn't like it and I trust their opinion. But um, it's just like, but I just but, don't like, I don't like their future vision, but yeah. But, but that's the thing too. But like that, like that it. literal lesson of like, yo, you, you use, and, and that's what a lot of people that are in stocks, I think are teaching kids. They're like, yo, use it. You use this every day. And I think, Buffett did have the thing of like invest in things you know about. And then Shaq's thing was only invest in things that change people's lives. Um, one, you can do research on anything so you can invest in anything, but um, yeah, things that solve the biggest problem or have the biggest cult following. Those are, those are where you want to be at. Biggest moat, uh, no competition is, is the best competition. Um, Target, I frequent Target. Target is, is fire from what Amazon, I hear. Expensive, Amazon is but expensive. Fractional shares. Fire from what I hear. Yes. Fucking, what else do I use? Welcome. Uh, welcome. You know, get on the out was public. I would buy all the stock. I home, if you like real estate, Home Depot is a good stock from what I hear. Yeah, I don't really go to Home Depot. But you can just pretend it'll be a good investment. What else do I go? Uh, that, oh that's what that's what i did you know starting in maybe it was robin who that changed everything bro <laughs> robin had changed everything it might have been changing what really changed everything was working at that fucking audio store and then they went and i was like okay i have a full-time job to pay shitty i don't want to be 60 years old working here like these clowns how do i get out of it sure sure i was i was talking about investing in general but um Robin Hood. I remember that shit came out. I was on the wait list. But that's what, oh, wait, also wait list. I, I shout out to John Henry and, and Luke, but wait lists are a good uh, thing for building. Even if you don't have a product, if you got a wait list full of people, tell the VCs that you got something. Shout out. Um, but I remember because Robin and I bought Uber in like 17 and stuff. There's other weird stuff I was buying, but like Uber. It just sounded cool, and I used it. And then, what's something else I bought? And then, and then I had Tesla, but I had I didn't I just didn't know about investing really. Um, 
and Tesla would have been a pack. I remember I was, I was and it goes back to like investing in stocks not clicking sometimes. I, I remember watching uh, CNBC with my grandfather and he used to watch it a lot, I think, but I just I didn't I didn't get it. But there was one day in like sixteen or seventeen, fifteen, not maybe not fifteen, sixteen or seventeen, and uh, they were talking about Tesla. And uh, he's like, "Yo, you like Tesla, bro?" I was like, "Yeah, man, Tesla's gonna be dope." And then if I had invested something there, it would have been a, a nice entry. Um, but now Tesla's a jillion dollars. I think there's a lot of room for. It's gonna. It's literally. It's still early. Ten years, like I say, to everybody, get a good company, get a couple of decades, boom, boom, boom. Uh, I don't have a Tesla, so I don't know. I'm gonna. Don't go too strong on the Buffett. Only invest in what you use. But the thing is, like when I like I like like research, I don't like, like you gotta you gotta I, mind you gotta I, mind. I don't like investing in things and then like having doubt anymore. Okay, sure, 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 sure. You well, know? That, well, that's where the that's where. Like if I had, let's say I had a Tesla and I'd driven it for two years and then Elon Musk does some stupid shit and the, the price drops and I'm just like, yo, my Tesla is so good. I'm going to buy some fucking more, but I don't have a Tesla. So I'm just like, okay, sure. Buy more. I don't. So the, the, you investing in things that, you know, is kind of like the first step to just, it's like, doing research on a company but not doing research on a company so like to have no doubt in a company you got to research a company but if you don't want to do that you use things you use every day so you're like oh i've been the consumer and i know what they do so it's kind of like tears of that but that the, the musk point thing is that, is that if you have a tim cook in tesla right now bro Ooh, if, if you oh, have a tim God. cook in tesla right now that's what i'm saying that's what i'm saying bro come on now if every time you have an I operational an iPhone. I put the same amount of money in some Apple stock, bought a couple yeah, shares. You know. You know. Oh, yeah. So yeah, yeah. I would if you're if you're back on the stock wave, dude. Go Apple's safe. Very, very, no doubt. Uh, I like Square. But Square's cool. Square. Some people, um, I, some people I know that I trust really like Square. Square is cool. Twitter is cool. I'm on the fence about investing in Facebook because I still think they're in an unethical business, but they're the fucking future, dude. It's the future. Like, come on. Like, there's a nice moat, but uh, I don't know. Government stuff, too. I don't know. know. But but, yeah, I would also, having less companies to research on is, is better than not a lot, but Amazon's dope. I like Microsoft. I also like Apple. Microsoft's good. Apple's A1. Apple's just A1, top tier. The cult. They have cult. They have technology. They have good leadership. They have <laughs> most. Steve, well, Steve Jobs came back and he didn't have a product, but Apple was 30 days away from bankruptcy. He did something I thought was so funny, but it worked. What was he it? did he like addressed the entire company and he was like and keep in mind at this point apple is is really shitty he was like apple is a great american brand like coca-cola or disney what? or nike and then he started like comparing 
like Apple's impact to like that of Martin Luther King and Gandhi. And the branding. It's like, that's such a, a Steve Jobs thing to do. The and branding, they, dude. They, yeah, he's literally like, literally like they pushed him out. He came back and he's from that <laughs> point forward, he was defining the culture of what Apple was going to be yeah. like from day one. And then they made a fucking bitchin' product. I think it was. And, it and was a commercial the, revolving around that too of, of putting emotional and like influential people in a, in a, in a commercial. So when people think of the brand and you're onboarding onto your cult, they have emotion rather than anything else. You know, Martin Luther King used an iMac. <laughs> I have a dream. Well, you know, you know, if, uh, you know, if George Washington was around, I'm just, I'm, I'm saying he wouldn't be on an Android is all, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Fucking Gandhi used Apple music when he was meditating. That, that, uh, that'd, that'd be a fun marketing thing. You, that'd be a little like, there'd be a little backlash, but uh, you, you have like different products in the Apple ecosystem and you have like those the old people from the commercial whenever there's an anniversary coming around and you have them using it. It's like what Kanye did with Kim's dead dad. You think that was the point where Kim was like, nah, nah I'm, I'm going to divorce this guy. <laughs> Kinda. And now she's fucking Pete Davidson. <laughs> yeah, that was, I saw that. Davidson has like a like a nine inch dick. He's just depressed, dude. <laughs> I was watching an interview. Just a tatted up young man. I was watching an interview he had with uh with Charlemagne. No, was it Charlemagne? I think it was, was Charlemagne. Talking about Ariana Grande just giving him head. No, he's just talking about like, yeah, dude, super depressed, definitely been suicidal. And he just didn't seem like a mentally healthy person. And I saw, I think it was the same interview where he was like it was like right when he met Ariana Grande. He was like, yeah, I fucked her the first night. And Charlotte was like, oh, nice. She swallowed. And he's like, yeah, totally swallowed. <laughs> I was Pete, like, bro, like, is she I might okay have with to this? Wa- I might have to watch that because a Pete Davidson plus a Charlemagne interview is dangerously funny. Dude. This is disrespectful. <laughs> Charlemagne. Yeah, she was, he was like, yeah, she like opened her mouth and it was all gone. Dang. I was like. Char- Shout out Charlamagne just for going because he's probably just that way in person. Who the, hell, who the hell raped your sister? <laughs> oh, yeah, uh, the, my friends call that Forrest Whitaker eye. You know, the, the eye just kind of dangles like that. Was that? With, he was talking to Forrest Whitaker. Oh, he was making Shout fun of him, eye, dude. Like, Shout dude. out for him just going through with it. Because, like, I don't know, dude. He has to be like that in person. And Dude. Not, not a radio character but like he's just like yeah, that's what it is bro that's who i am that's good you know it's kind of like that but not really fucking not as extreme but jimmy kimmel i saw like a thing of jimmy kimmel just being it's a very dry guests. yeah <laughs> fucking uh jonah hill comes and sits down and you know jonah hill's like he's like fit now <laughs> and he says something like <laughs> jimmy kimmel's like wow you smell better than i thought you would and then fucking jonah hill's like all right, I'm gonna try really hard to not get offended by that right now. And it's the whole is just awkward as fuck. Oh man, because like, Kimmel does it in a way that's funny because like he's buttoning up for for network television, but there's there's just little <laughs> things where you see shining through that are just like, oh, you're 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 wild, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, it's just like, bro, Kimmel's like, funny. Dude, he he does it like from the perspective of like old stand up nighttime TV show. Still, it's funny. All those shows are like Craig. I miss Craig Ferguson, man. I wish I watched it, but uh, Craig Ferguson was just a fun experience, dude. Whenever I see like a TikToker or a YouTuber on those shows, I'm just like, wow, what a step backwards. For I don't them. know if I've seen that, dude. Like fucking, uh, I think one of the dancing girls on TikTok was on Jimmy something. Hmm. 
And those shows get like a couple million in views a night, maybe. And her mm-hmm. TikToks get like 50 million views each. People, people got some, people got phones in their hand, man. So it's like, I guess, I guess the whole point of it is for like the YouTube clips later, but it's like, yo, how mm-hmm. much do they need to be, how much do they need to be paying these kids who make like 50 grand a day? Yeah. Like, yo, please come to our studio and film a thing for us to keep our show alive. Which Jimmy has the roots on? Uh, I think Jimmy Fallon. Is that his name? Um, but remember when he was doing just games all the time? Um, and people were like, well, why are you doing games, bro? And it was just to transition to getting views on YouTube. Is that what that was for? I think so. <laughs> all that shit sucks, dude. I hate late night. It's interesting. I mean, it oh, hasn't... No! It has a niche, and I'm sure people that... I'm sure if I was in entertainment, I'd be down to do it for a couple of years, maybe. Oh, I wouldn't. You're Neil also Patrick locked Harris, in for a long they time. They wanted Neil Patrick Harris to be he one, no. and he would have been great, because I think he's one of the most talented guys ever. But he was like, nah, I don't want to be doing this like for the rest of my life. I'd rather travel and like do Broadway and shit in movies. Another God, thing, Neil Patrick Harris is so great. Another thing that I've learned from other people, shout out Ian Dunlap, dude. And I, and I was, I was working on this during talking to people in the summit, always lead with, how can I help? And I'm, I'm talking to this guy who worked for the summit, dude. He's trying to, he's trying to out. How can you help me? I'm, I was like, yo, how can I help? And he's like, no, how can I help, dude? Okay. How, how can I help? <laughs> right. <laughs> dude, it's, it's the best thing. There's, there's a, there's a woman I was talking to who was like marketing for a project. And, and it was like the second time I said, is there anything I can do on my end to help you? And she was like, uh, I don't know. She said something like maybe just, I don't know. And she, and she was like, how, how can I help you? I, I kind of feel bad. And I was like, ha, yeah, dude, that's how it works. And then, uh, and then I told her the same thing of uh, the, how can I help hack good edge to have when you're talking to people. Even if you don't want to help them. Um, it would be good to be genuine shit that i guess i'm never saying that <laughs> but you got you, you also uh, I, I i i don't like helping people if i can't help them but if someone's like you can always help somebody dude there's always something <laughs> either either if the, someone's the, like yo how do i turn my brightness up on my phone i'm like bro i got you don't even worry what else you need but you, if someone's <laughs> like yo can you watch my kid tomorrow i'm like fuck off company wise oh company, company wise yeah. i thought just in general yeah, I haven't, I mean, yes, in general, but it's more of a networking half, not half genuine. It, it has to be genuine, but uh, yeah. How can you help me? You can f- plug my podcast on your but, verified Instagram. Yeah, but but you're asking, you know? I haven't really tried it <laughs> so so many uh, with people on the street, but even that, dude, there's a, it's, there's a whole lot of humans that know a whole lot of humans, and then one thing goes to another, bro. It's it's the uh it's it's the Zach effect, you know. It's just a whole lot of network, and you just do things. Zach does know a lot of people. Speaking of networking, I went out with uh sometimes I go out with my good friend Chris Daniels. So we need to get on the podcast. Interesting guy, uh, dude. I want to. What was my question for him? I had a, I had a few, but yes, one like next week, two new weeks. Yeah, maybe next week. Um, and his thing is like normally. I would like not really be into this. What network? His thing is like, when I go out, I got to like meet two people, like 
just just two new people because he's like he's looking for people that'll like help him advance his film career and it's the fucking works like the fucking just random people like you met a producer who makes horror films and it's just like a lady you would never expect and he's Tell like he, he like does this thing where he like pays money to like get into like have memberships for like exclusive clubs that's so what people like, are doing with the nft thing man yeah so i'm just like damn this is like literally the method that works because when the time comes you need a horror film producer you know who to call you know yeah if he if he leads with how can i is there anything i can do to help you is you know it's all over it's yeah all wrapped up dude i wonder how long it's gonna be until la burns him out <laughs> he's still excited and i'm still like uh <laughs> oh, fine hollywood fuck I mean, God damn it! He does. He has a he has a very energetic personality. So yeah, that on top of like, I kind of feel like he's probably going through what I felt when I first started partying really hard in college. Yeah, just excited, but except he's in LA. Is it like party party stuff? No, it's just, just like, like he just wants to go out. But you still got to go out, <laughs> and that's cool. I like that's that that's the game yeah people but people I'm, people are the edge yeah but i'm more like damn like when i'm doing it when i'm like talking to people like in a group with them i'm just like dude i would not be here like yeah if i weren't trying to help my boy but yeah man try to find a digital summit that has networking man 15 it's still a little bit detached from like real human connections <laughs> but uh but man is the people i talked to were dope as hell man and uh You'd think it. You'd think it's kind of like a little inhumane and like not like, but it's it's there's there's cool stuff. But I'm sure personal connection physically is an edge over that as well. I can't wait till the metaverse is like super immersive and you're just chilling. Get that dopamine hack, dude. Let me read one thing about this dopamine Uh, hack because it's gonna be hard. Movies look like though. Hard Same, to hard to not watch. I mean, like IMAX. Yeah, there's probably might be something to think about. You probably have immersive movies more so, like Fuck the it, immersive Netflix, video games. Lens flicks. Ah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could work it into ooh, ooh. You could work it into you could instead of body wearing things, you work it into a building, uh, a movie building. You still go to the movies, but it's more immersive. Maybe everybody has their own pod. Or if you're going the video game side, because uh, there's a lot of walkthrough, like like the like Last of Us or like Walking Dead video games or like movies, but you like press one button and then watch 10 minutes of screens. Um, you do that in buildings. Or you just rent the building, get an Oculus and be like, bro, this is my freaking metaverse place. What's good, bro? It's crazy. Can't During wait. a dopamine detox, a person avoids dopamine triggers for a set of time. The dopamine requires a person to avoid any kind of arousal, specifically from pleasure triggers. Anything that stimulates dopamine production is off limits throughout the detox. A person will feel more center balanced and less affected by their usual dopamine triggers. Important to know that a true dopamine detox, well, it's all dopamine, uh, unplugging from the world, dude. You reset your dopamine. I'm, I'm going to do it on like Sunday. I reset my dopamine by masturbating. That's just getting triggered by masturbating. 
it resets something. <laughs> Something's going on in there. It's a release of dopamine. I'm pretty sure. But that means anxiety just gone. That's uh, that's. I think that's that. But now you're just addicted to that. I'm addicted to it for sure. But then you, like I said, is that the most productive thing uh, to get stress out? Do you get? Can you get stress out from another thing? And with my app, hack my brain. Uh, well, it's like I can only be my cocks five times a day. Or about so I guess I guess I'll go exercise. That's too much. Dude. <laughs> that's usually that's usually how I get to the. No, I'm just kidding. I don't do it that much. No, only three. Only three. Relax. Oh fuck. Anything else you thought about today on the pod this week? Um. Hmm. Anything, anything else? Any new books I read? I would like to know. No. I kind of had, new... had I had a I had a kind of another downish week. I was preparing for the summit, but then. Another twenty hours on TikTok. Um, no, no, I've I've cut down my TikTok, but there was an increase this week. Oh shit! Um, but I think I I think I have I got a social media manager that I need to get on instead of me looking on TikTok. Um, but like I skipped a day of my morning exercises. Oh fuck! I've only done that like three times once I was injured. That's the foundation. It is the foundation, slip, dude. It is it's a slippery slope. I'm saying, I know it literally is though. That's literally the foundation. You you do that for for the morning, so you have energy in the morning to look at things, do some work, and then the dopamine thing, uh, you know, working out whatever chemicals that does. Uh, I didn't do it this morning. I'm gonna do it after this. Um, books, Ultimate Sales Machine, another book. I was thinking about. I barely read anything this week. Damn, I, I need to get to the gym as well. Oh, it's another book. I need to get to the gym as well. I need to fucking... What do you need? I don't know. I was going to like try to run and go to the gym in the same day, but go running fucking makes me fall asleep. Do it without headphones next time. I'm going to take a run today too. Do I, I still can't do squats, man. Something's tight and it and it flicks. I'm scared Where? of it. Uh, inside of right knee, it's a muscle thing. I think it's just something's tight. But like, I still haven't been able to. Like, like months ago, I stopped doing squats in the morning, and like, I haven't even done like like leg weight stuff. Go see a doctor. Yeah, I should. They usually know stuff. Uh. Almost done with four-hour work week. I haven't listened to it in a minute. I have one hour left. I'm going to get that physically because there's some like hacks, hacks in there. Um, the membership economy is another one. I recently, like, cause sometimes I have like shower books that I can only half listen to. So the ride of a lifetime I started listening to again. So right now I'm at the ultimate sales machine in the membership economy and as a man thinketh. A good one. As a man thinketh equals just things in your brain and habits are what you're gonna be. I wanna say that quote again, man. 19 keys. That was a dope one. The ride of a lifetime. Lessons learned from 15 years as CEO of the Walt Disney Company. Disney, dude. Disney's such a fun model to look after. <laughs> Disney's like Disney's definitely a, like a, a lighthouse for me in the media realm. Could Disney be done today? Same culture, same like iconic characters. It's, and it's named after one person. 
That's what I'm talking about before, where you had such centralization in media, where like that was the thing. You didn't have a lot of options. And you could make, in a slow world in the 1900s, a super big empire pretty easily off of just media. Um, well, I don't know. Were there like competitors that aren't around anymore that probably. we don't know about? I'll look it up and report back. I know that like Disney was like innovative in animation in terms of maybe combining sound and animation and color technology again maybe they were on the forefront of media technology to give them the edge they're going to destroy the metaverse calling it right now i hope so they're going to be like all right trillions what do we got pixar pixar into um when's the what's the last cult following of a brand man and try to keep it in media (sighs) but but i'm thinking like Apple is a very good cult. Gary V. Loki is a very good cult, but I don't know. A uh, different. Brand, uh, I don't know. But that's what I was Rick trying to think of. Morty. Mm-hmm. Harry what? Potter. Mm-hmm. Star Wars. Star Wars. Also, those aren't companies. These are media companies. I, I Like I said, I've, I, I admire what Barstool's doing. It's, it's somewhat similar, a little more niche and a little less IP. It's a little more person-based. Um, or still like i got a hit piece on him portnoy what do you do he does a lot <laughs> some girl said they had rough sex or something oh uh, well i hope oh, everybody gets dresses in their own I way didn't read it i, I like the story i like the barstool uh story <laughs> like what if someone was like okay i'm gonna make fucking what if i was like i want to make bonjin world and just fill it with bonjin content I was talking like, to someone too. Um, it, it was the, the guy that is actually slotted to be on, but he he has a book about um, Web three stuff, and he was asking for ideas of how just an idea, and and he had the idea of kind of immersive authors having immersive worlds via NFTs and and AR and VR and stuff, and I think that it's going to be a whole lot easier to create worlds of brands with AR and VR and NFTs and everything, especially because you have membership with NFTs. You don't have to build a full ass theme park. No, you don't. You got to buy $20,000 worth of land online. Expensive land, bro. There's, there's nowhere to build in Decentraland. It's already built up. It's Damn. gone. I mean, there's, there's places you can buy, but like, but you can buy the land off other people. Yes, but one square, and I, I, I think you need more squares, right, to build up a, a solid plot of land. One square is like five thousand dollars, ten thousand dollars. Crypto voxel is like five thousand bucks a piece, and that's like the fourth virtual world that people think of. Blocktopia. I don't know. It's weird. It's weird. It's, it's weird. Expensive, time. man. But like, like, and that's like, I don't know, dude. How do you like that? I see the value because it's scarce because the blockchain makes things scarce, but it's very but easy is, that it could die in, in a couple months. Is it properly, is it properly valued though? Would you say it is? So it is supply and demand. It is, it the one, is on the one, a ledger. One, the one thing, I mean, that's all cool. Great. But, but that's what makes it, that's what makes it valuable because of the scarcity, the proven scarcity, if you could replicate these pieces of land, they'd be worthless. But that, that also just goes back to the world. Like if you have scarce, like with NFTs, people have scarcity 
in art pieces, but it goes back to the value of the brand. So if Decentraland, which is, <clears throat> would you agree that's the number one virtual world in people's mind? Yeah, probably. Um, <gasps> if that brand somehow loses mind share, just like big companies and stocks lost mind share and value went down, if you have a piece of stock in the company, it'll land will eventually go down. Is it overvalued at $10,000 for a tiny piece of a square? It depends how big Decentraland is. You know, you can't yeah. build, like you can't build anything on a piece of a square. You could resell it. If people think it can go higher then it has some appropriate value, I suppose. But it, it will Decentraland be the place to go virtually in five years? Fuck, I don't know. That's the risk part of it. Shit, I should buy some. <laughs> Not financial it's advice. expensive, bro. Should have bought you, some three weeks ago. You should. Tokens, you can buy tokens instead of land. Yeah. But uh that land that land stuff is interesting. But to 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 build a, a place in decentralized right now is 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 not so decentralized in the in the form of capital uh equity of people. You got you gotta be strapped. Well that's just that's just the benefit of being an early adopter. I guess the or just, have, or just have a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. Do you think like I still think a lot of the big whales are just fucking just nerds that have been in the space since 2010 and they got rich off Bitcoin, got rich off Ethereum, and they're just like on it. Just they have their money in the next thing that we don't even know. We, we're not even talking. We're going to be talking about it in six months. Their money's already in it. That's why you research stuff. Uh, I still, uh, I still veer on institutions that have a lot more money than in what people want to believe in it. Um, yeah. Blocktopia. Got BitBoy and Crypto Wendigo? What? Blocktopia. I'm going to go buy some Blocktopia stuff. <laughs> this is not, please, this is just what I'm doing personally. But if there's any time to FOMO on some virtual reality stuff, it's of a new thing that I just heard of that has a couple news agencies and probably the biggest sponsors in the crypto media space maybe that's why oh big boy both of them were on the panel let's ask him about it he also was talking about a company i work with very derogatory and, and it was very uh, awkward for me <laughs> what company i'll tell you offline but uh he had very strong opinions and i had to be like oh nice dude <laughs> oh nice dirt ah! and then go on to somebody else who is in a different risk appetite than he was Damn, I, I, like, also, yo, you're gonna catch these virtual hands bro what's your gamer tag man i'll fuck you no, up oh no that i mean that's funny that's bro <laughs> talk, talk about a little entry talk do a celebrity virtual boxing bro easy boom boom holy shit you know <laughs> that's gonna come that's super easy you do that right now on oculus um, holy shit let's just make a website celebrity <laughs> virtual boxing and then we just like let me, think, let, me, let me think this out real quick you, you pay like five dollars you pay five dollars <laughs> to like view the match for free when it happens we use all the money we raise to pay two influencers to fight each other yeah, yeah. and waitlist. then waitlist are the things yeah and 
<laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm not, not going to do that. Thanks for listening, everybody. Raker and Bond, hop over to Instagram, Raker and Bond, because I don't have a URL right now. And then hop into the Discord. There's a couple people that got their ideas on the pod via the Discord. Uh, shout out the first 50 that is on the Discord. The first 50 people, the, the early adopters of the Ricker and Bond Discord family have been have been deemed as the first 50. They have a role on there as the first 50. Um, Definitely hold on to your Ricker and Bond NFTs. We're going to, in 10 years, we're going to see you still holding them and you will win full access to both of our bodies. <laughs> there will be years. a couple of things that I want to try to build up with people on Discord. Um, so if you're listening at, at this far into the episode, you're obviously a hardcore R&B fam member. Yes. Hop on over to Instagram, go to the Discord, sign in. Um, I'm going to try to do more <clears throat> things on the Discord. Um, but there's been, there's been a few people that I've talked about. <laughs> it's, it's interesting, man, especially with the Instagram funnel. A lot of it, especially before a couple weeks ago, was meme-based. So you get a lot of meme lords. You get a lot of internet meme cats. And I'm not, I kind of have siphoned my internet to get far away from meme people. Well, that's the trade-off when you have a business podcast and a comedy Instagram. This is why I've uh, veered a little bit towards uh, trying to get content on there that is not just TikTok based. It actually has helped too with engagement. Um, but you know, it's not exactly a bit, which is a variety. It's a variety of business, but we are business based. But you also have different worlds in the R&B universe. So if you're in the Discord and the Instagram, it's a little different. What? I don't even know what. Is this a comedy podcast? It is. It is. It is. We didn't say episode. As comedy. I wonder if it's get any organic reach on business. Either way, that's not the, the, the most important thing. It's kind of the brand. Uh, but there has been a lot of engagement on uh, just non-comedy Instagram stuff. But I, I do pop in Instagram just for organic reach. Hey, we talk about comedy. It's comedic. I'm hilarious. Talk about boobs and stuff. Should I go to the gym? That was a funny thing we posted with Mark Zuckerberg and his boobs. It's like, that's pretty neat. All right, dude. So maybe we get like a. <laughs> that was real at first. I was like, what? Maybe like a. <laughs> no way. Metaverse Gale. meme page, dude. Metaverse memes? Come on now. Dude. <laughs> Come on now. He said, that's pretty neat. <laughs> maybe niche, really niche into it, you know? Really, really niche into like. I don't want to get in crypto me. I, I mean. Crypto's I don't want to get crypto community. Meme. I don't want to get crypto meme. That's not Full for me. A bunch of rich assholes. <laughs> but like it's, different, like rich assholes, like they're still, they're rich, but they're frustrated because they're still virgins. <laughs> it's like, what's the, I don't get it. I'm rich. I got money. Why can't I fuck? It's like. That's a, that's a solid niche, bro. You want to get into that niche, bro. That's, you, got, that's, you got capital. You got high ticket. You got, hey, bro, you, you made a million off of crypto. Bro. <laughs> And then I have a coaching course. I'm like, there's Yo, your ten thousand dollars. You I'll want to in, in thirty days or less. Man, you want to pay. Crypto. You want to pay. Uh, and my thing will be, you won't have to pay for it. You won't have to pay for the girl. I'll get you laid organically. You won't even have to flaunt your money. Like you won't. You you won't. You. I can get you laid in a fucking 1996 Toyota Camry. 
there's, uh, as Mr. John Henry Style said, there's rich in the niche. Uh, I pronounce it niche. Maybe you reach in the niche. But uh, if you if you want to, like I said to a lot of people at that summit, it's always two lanes of experience that people are making in business usually that that make it valuable. Um, it's never it's it's usually kind of like tear down into things that you've you thought wouldn't be applicable to another field, but dating and and man empowerment in in the niche world of crypto. That's it sounds like a like a BJP thing to do. It's definitely a market for that for sure. That's just waiting to just be juiced. Just That's squeezed. Fun, That's fun. Especially old guys. Yeah. That are just like old and rich and lonely. I want to talk to a young crypto cat about how to get laid. And it's gonna be like, oh, I wanna fuck a twenty year old. And I'll just be like, all right, man. What we're gonna do first is get you in the gym, sir. Bro, you could all, you could make a, a vlogs out of it too, like a like an actual show show. Like, yeah. Oh shit. <laughs> you know that'd be cool. Make it the uh, queer eye for crypto old people. Queer Before. eye for the and then rich guy. and then when you do that too, like I said, the the game is don't use queer eye in, in the title. It makes no oh, sense. Yeah. <laughs> My name is Bon Jin. I've been get, I've been getting boomers late since 2020. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, dude. Um, haven't gotten laid since 2007. I got you. Haven't gotten laid since your 10-year divorce. I got you. Like I said, the the game is people at or half of the game is people. So, you get you get those people coming to you, bro, you do events. Get Just make here. it like Nathan for you. Like no, no, no. meet Jerry. He's the founder of a software company and he's pulling over 120 million a year. Queer eye, dude. Queer eye. Go queer eye with it for sure. I've never seen queer eye. Go uh home improvement makeover. Oh, like make him over? Yeah. Oh shit. Okay. Yeah, yeah definitely that more so than sarcastic. Look at this fucker. <laughs> we're gonna get him. We're, we're gonna get him. We're gonna get him. Yeah. Laid. Yeah. Did you ever watch uh, Home Makeover, bro? Extreme Makeover? Yeah, the guy who made people with houses. Yeah. That was an interesting time. <laughs> and then they couldn't play, pay the property tax. <laughs> They're like, Yo, do you want to... That's It's just the people own those homes? Are they still mortgaging? I don't know. There's probably a couple stories. Let's get him on the pod. What is his name, dude? Ty Pennington. Uh, why do you know that off top? Because I know everything. That's why I have these glasses on because I've Ooh, seen it Ty all. Ty Pennington does not look great right now. He has he has <laughs> he has thin hair. You don't want thin hair, bro. If there's one thing, you don't want thin hair. This guy is 57. Ty Pennington used to be a host on Extreme Home Makeover, but now Whoa. he's high on crypto. But he's divorced. Hasn't been intimate in about six years. We're gonna go to Ty and completely. Kick, kick, cake up his crypto life. Crypto Dude, cakes. He looks not good. This is crypto cakes. But he is 57. In 2006, he looks like everybody on MTV. <laughs> he used to look cool. Yeah, the frosted tips, dude. What's he up to? Food I Networks. What his American... passion is. Is it construction? I mean, he did an American Diner revival in 2014, so maybe not. What was his problem, dude? If I'm, I might reach out to him, homie. I think I could be a TV host, but I think it's kind of fake. 
you definitely have to play a character. Yeah. And then like people expect you to be that character. I'm like, yo, fuck off. Get out of here. Yeah. I'm not going mean, to build you a goddamn house with an Elmo room for your daughter. There's characters in every space. But that's why I've, like, I bring up John Henry again and like EYL cats and even like, even like Lil Musky. They've all had public images. Um, even Buffett to a extent of just like not caring and not being a different character from my perspective it's been pretty genuine character in the in the public life I because one you make a character or you put on a different mask for Hollywood stuff or something and that's what you make your success off of you kind of have to make that just your only success story and so it's friction to get out of that I don't know. Lady Gaga's doing it pretty well. What? She's an actress now. She's in a couple movies. Yeah. And she still the, goes as Lady Gaga. Well, yeah, yeah. I'm talking about like a non-authentic, like I gotta be, uh, I don't know. She, she was you know pretty weird when she started. Pretty. Sure, like, sure, sure. Doing some weird shit. But I think, yeah, maybe that was a little more characterized, but. But she was, but that maybe her thing is kind of like doing weird stuff. Damn, what she's iconic. Like, uh, what's old girl, funny white lady who's kind of like, ooh, I'm edgy because I, uh, and I burp and fart and stuff. Oh, uh, Amy Schumer. Not her. Actress. Uh, Around her face, Jen or Jennifer or something with the J. No. She. Uh, I forget her, but even her thing is like, it's like people are endeared to her character because it's like, it's my real character. No, she's an actress. Oh, the funny white actress lady, the funny white, not, not comedy, but she's like, when she does interviews, she's like, Oh, I'm so I'm just a bro. I don't know. Chrissy T. Chrissy (laughs) T. I don't know who you're talking about. Yeah. But, the thing is, like, she's endearing to some people because she's like, oh, this is me as a human. And so if you're that as a character in your public image, then it's easy to continue to be a close representation of what you might be personality-wise by yourself. That was a long close. I think that close took about 30 minutes from when it started. But that's all good. Um, Ricker and Bond. Dot com. You need to do that a little bit. I need to. Can you grab me that that, that hosting thing too? Make it a landing site for stuff. Because if if it worked, it we'd have a little more subscribers already. Dude, it's just so. It's just so refreshing to just say, just go to rickerandbond.com. and it's just there. It's just like it hops them. Everyone has an iPhone, pops them right there, and boom. But it hasn't, and then we have a landing page with a bunch of shit. It, it hasn't resulted in anything. Okay, sure. Yeah. Results at the end of the day. I understand. It's like, ugh, landing pages. I hate landing pages. They're sure. gross. I understand. Especially when there's 50 things on them. It'll be three people, things. People don't like choice. That is true. You know, three things. I, I, I did read that. You got Apple. And, and they don't like to scroll down. If they want more things, they can scroll down. But it'll be above, above the fold. Have funny faces of your pals, both Ricker and Bond and the Ampersand. 
Everybody loves the ampersand. That's where the community lies. It's not an ampersand. No, it is an ampersand. Okay. If it resulted in things, I would I would be less anxious to do it. But Records. And, and then like you Google it and it's right there. What the? Oh, I know. It just goes straight to Apple. But if rickerandbond.com, mm-hmm. it would just go straight there. Because I, I think people, I don't know. Do people use Apple Music more than Spotify? Um, via the data that I have, yes, but still not the predominant thing. The predominant thing is not knowledgeable to me. So. So what are you trying to sell on the landing page? Get some Discord in there. So I don't have to say go to Instagram and then Discord. Um, I can do some Apple Pod. And then the third thing. OnlyFans. Maybe a membership thing. That probably wouldn't be on the main landing page of both the fold. But maybe Metaverse. Metaverse? Yeah. It'd, it'd be a link to something else. Okay. If it had, if it had so many things to do, uh, then I, I'd be fine with keeping it. But it hasn't got any subscriptions and listenership hasn't rocketed up. I don't think it's going to be a spike. It's about ease of use for the person. For me. I agree. I agree. I just hate saying going to Discord by going to Instagram. Make it a URL. Make it a backslash. Cool. All good. Either way, let me get that hosting. Thanks for listening, everybody. Rickermond.com. <laughs> to go straight to Apple Podcasts. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, to listen to the show. Okay. Ringamon.com slash. Isn't the show our main product? Isn't that our flagship product? Kind of depends. Yes. But what's getting the most funnel? Because the membership economy comes from people opting in to the Discord early. But how do people fall in love with the brand? How do people fall in love with us? True, 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 true. true. Both places. But like my Instagram show. isn't popping. Your Instagram isn't popping. Like people like know our voices. YouTube too. And YouTube. So a couple things there. I'll make a URL, but you can keep the root URL to Apple Podcasts, even though that's a little bit of an alienation. But for podcast users on Apple, it's quick. Uh, and podcast metrics on um, Apple Podcasts is, is, is the thing. Shorts are fun. People are the, uh, it's fun to see the, the short from being about cloud computing got some traction on Instagram. I'm liking the mm, guy. Nice. Yeah. Thanks, Ian. That was interesting. The the cloud really. <laughs> the cloud the iCloud. <laughs> well, cloud you, computing. Okay. I was gonna say you branded cloud computing to Apple, dude. You know, Google had a 
partnership with someone else for cloud computing. I think the government. Let me see real quick. So nobody owns clout computing. So if anybody just wants to make a fucking agency or something. Yeah, yeah. That's a great name. But nobody's listening this far into the pod, so Hey man, that's a negative mindset. I um for those of you still listening this far in the pod, there you go. There you go. But you probably won't do it because it takes work. Um so yeah, everybody have a good week. Bye. Bye. Love you. <laughs>